Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about something that most of us struggle with, and that is getting our kids back to school especially our anxious kids or our kids with OCD. So back to school is a pretty big trigger for most of our kids. And even if it goes smoothly, (laughs) if you're like me, you're holding your breath that first week waiting for the other shoe to drop. So it was discussed in my private Facebook group and Sue said, Hey, you know, Natasha, do you have a podcast on this? And I thought, you know what? I don't. Why don't I have a podcast on this topic? I have a YouTube video on how to help your child transition to a new school. And I have an article on just how to deal with school worries, but I don't have a podcast on how to help you navigate through the first few weeks of school. So thank you, Sue, for bringing that to my attention. And this will hopefully help all of you guys so that maybe I can give you some ideas that you hadn't thought about that can make it go a little bit smoother. So the reason why anxious kids have a hard time going to school, especially the beginning of the school year, is really not that shocking. One, transitions are hard for any anxious kid. So even if you have a child that their anxiety theme or their OCD theme isn't about school, they're still going to have a higher chance of having a hard time going to school in the beginning because it's a big change and it's a big transition from their schedule. Now, there are a lot of other people that have anxiety themes that are directly related to school. So if your child has a fear of throwing up or gets nauseous when they're nervous, which turns into a fear of nausea in and of itself, then they're going to have a really hard time going back to school for sure. Now, I do spend an entire episode talking about the fear of throw up, emetophobia, and that's episode 35. And I will leave a link below my show notes. Um, Other kids who have separation anxiety, and this isn't like the run of the mill two year old separation anxiety, but if you have a kid who has clinical separation anxiety, most of these kids are a bit older, between eight and 15, eight and 16, then the beginning of school is a huge trigger because school is a big part of separation anxiety. And I do go into detail all about that in episode 17. Now on iTunes, iTunes tends to cut out your earlier episodes or they cut out mine. I don't know if they do that to everybody. So you can't go all the way back to episode 17. I don't believe on iTunes. But if you go to my website, if you're ever looking for a podcast episode that I'm talking about, and you're like, I don't see it listed on iTunes, go to my website at anxioustoddlers2teens.com. And there's a link on the very top called podcast. And you can click that. And all of my podcast episodes are housed on my website. And all of my YouTube videos are on my website. So you, if you ever are having a hard time finding them in those places, you can go on my website and just listen to it directly on my site. And if you have a topic and you're like, gosh, I don't know if she, did she ever do a podcast on this? Because I know as I produce more and more work, a lot of people don't know about the things that I've done that could already help them. You can scroll down at the bottom of my website and there's a search box and just type in your issue. And I guarantee I have probably done a topic on it. 
And if not, you could be like Sue and you could, you know, go in my private Facebook group and you can start a thread and say, Hey, Natasha and tag me. Have you ever done a topic on this? And I will either link an article, a podcast or a YouTube video that I've done, or I will say, that's a wonderful idea. I will do it. So if you're not in the private Facebook group, you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash AT parenting anxious kids and join us because they are super awesome people in there. Okay. So let's go back to our topic. So now we, we know the obvious reasons why kids are having a struggle. If your child has a metaphobia, please go listen to episode 35. If they have separation anxiety, go listen to 17, because I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty of how to help your kids with their particular fears. I'm going to talk to you just about the transition in general and dealing with those anxieties in general. So the first step that you really want to take is some of this is going to be obvious. So, you know, maybe you'll have an aha moment as I'm talking, um, or it will remind you of like, yes, that's the way I should be thinking. And maybe some of this will actually sound pretty counterintuitive and you'll be like, really, I should do that. So who knows? Um, but you do want to be realistic. So a lot of times you have a good summer and you're like, whoa, I don't want to talk about any potential problems because things are going good. So I'm not going to rock the boat. We're going to just, you know, cross our fingers and really hope that all this progress continues into the school year. I don't advise that. (laughs) I know that sounds really weird, but be proactive. It is so much better to prepare your child and say, look, you're probably going to feel a little bit sick the first day of school. Um, if that's their normal thing, or look, you're probably going to feel anxious the first day of school and then normalize it. That's normal. We all feel nervous the first week of school and it gets better over time. But I want you to know that that anxious feeling that you're going to have the first day of school is normal and everybody feels that. So let's talk about some of the things that you think might make you the most anxious, have this conversation and get like a little bullet pointed list of all the things that they're worried about. You might be surprised that something might pop up that you hadn't thought about. Something might pop up that is actually quite simple that you can fix. And so if you don't broach the subject and have a dialogue about it before you start school, you may be caught off guard and your child might be caught off guard because a lot of the kids I see, even in my practice will say, no, I'm looking forward to school. I'm looking forward to school. It's going to be great. And I will say, and it sounds like a mean therapist thing to do. I'll say, nah, you know, it may not go great. (laughs) It might be a little bumpy and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You might feel nauseous if that's their thing. Your stomach might hurt. In fact, it probably will hurt the first day. It might even hurt the second day. That's okay. That doesn't mean your anxiety is coming back full force and all your progress is gone. It just means like, yeah, when you're nervous and you're going through a change, your stomach's going to hurt. So let's pretend that your stomach does hurt. How are we going to cope with that? What should we do the first day to help your stomach? And then go through that. Listen to my other podcasts on how to deal with that and talk about it so that you have a plan. Yeah. You're going to miss me the first day we're separating. And I know you've done great all summer, but we haven't really been apart. Yeah. You went to your grandma's house, but that's your grandma. And you don't normally get nervous when you're at her house as much as you would if you're at school. So let's just assume you're going to be feeling pretty nervous the first day about separating. What can we do to help you through that? So then you're going to be proactive and you're going to see if your child says, well, I'm not going to school. (laughs) Well, okay. Now at least we know what it would have looked like 
and we're being proactive. If they say, well, I'm just going to call you or I'll just go to the nurse. Well, we don't really want to start off the school year that way. So now we can be problem solving and we can come up with some solutions. So my first point is be realistic, be proactive. And my second point, which really is very much like my first point is also have some good expectations. And by good, I don't mean good. (laughs) I mean, realistic. So yeah, you're about to hit a bump if you are about to go to school. And if you don't, I had um, quite a few people that I see in my practice where we were preparing for a big bump. And then they emailed me and they said, Hey, Natasha, no bump made me feel good. Cause I was like, I did really good therapy over the summer. No bump. But with those kids in my practice, I would say school's going to be bumpy. And I would say to the parents, eh, you know, I know things have been going great, but please expect a bump. We're going to have some bumps here, you know, strap in because it's about to get bumpy. But when you prepare for that and it doesn't happen, it's like this great feeling like, oh my gosh, like where are the bumps? But when you're not expecting it, have you ever been driving on the road and you hit a pothole or something and you didn't see it coming and it jars you and you're like, whoa, and like your neck gets thrown out because you just weren't expecting it and your heart's beating a little fast because it kind of startled you. But if there's a sign that says bump ahead, bump ahead, slow down, sometimes it's actually annoying because by the time you get to the bump, you're like, seriously, did you need that many signs to warn me about that one little bump? <laughs> but you did because you were prepared. You were expecting this massive bump. So that's the philosophy behind my, you know, keep your expectations in check. And even if they're pretty, pretty at level, lower them just a little bit. (laughs) Trust me, it helps. Okay. Third point is I want you to role play out with your child or problem solve with your child, any and all issues they are thinking they might have. Now you might have to go through the initial, uh, rabbit hole type of questioning that I talk about a lot. You know, what's the worst thing about blah, blah, blah. What's the worst thing about this? Because some kids might say, um, I don't even want to go to school. School's boring. So now you're not really having a very productive conversation. So then you might have to say stuff like, I know, and empathize. I always say this to my kids. Like, I know. Yeah. School sucks. (laughs) I totally get it. But you know, it's not my, it's not my deal. It's like society's deal. Like you have to go. So let's just move past that. All right. We both acknowledge. Yeah. School sucks moving on. So what's the worst part about the first week or what's the worst part about going back? And if they don't give you much, just keep pulling that string and seeing if you can get some more traction. Once you find out some of the problems, then you might want to role play it. So I'll give you an example, some minor examples. Uh, my miss six was nervous about going back to first grade. And so I said to her, what's the scariest part about going back to school? And she said, I just don't even know where I'm supposed to go. And I don't know where my class is. And I'm scared to be in the big area because the kindergartners are separated. And so I said to her, how about I park and I will walk you all the way in and I will show you where your classroom is. And I will stand there at the flagpole with you for the first day and make sure you're okay. And if you need me to do that, all week long, or even all month long, I will do that until you feel comfortable. And there was just a huge relief on her face. And so we proactively problem solved that. And so there were no issues the second day of school. And I was shocked. All my kids did amazingly well. It is, it was like crazy. I don't want to jinx myself, but this was a great school year. They're into week three, all three of my kids 
are doing phenomenal. <laughs> Where's my wood? Knock on wood. I don't even know if this is wood. It's like a fake desk. Anyway, maybe particle wood. So be proactive and plant with your kids. Role play as much as you can. So, okay, you're going to feel sick. What can you do the first day? What will help? That really does help. Then my fourth point is talk to the school if needed. Be proactive. I want you to, um, a lot of parents worry. They want to keep this on the down low. They don't want that in their child's permanent record. They don't want to stigmatize their child. But we're talking about anxiety and OCD. We're not talking about, hey, I just want you to know my kid, like he sets small fires and he really prefers bathroom fires. So you should be really, really careful. No, <laughs> that's not our kids. They, they're anxious and they have OCD and they're not going to be on the radar unless you put them on the teacher or the school's radar. Now, having said that, many of us don't need a 504 plan or an IEP if you live in the United States. And those are special plans that we do in the States to accommodate any kind of issues that are going on. So I won't go into all that, but many of us don't have that. That doesn't mean you can't talk to the school. And it doesn't mean you have to talk to necessarily the administration or the school counselor. So it just depends on the level of what is going on. So ask yourself, how much does my child's issues impact their daily functioning at school? What are some things that could happen that could go awry? And so some of you might have obvious answers like, oh, my kid completely shuts down. He's going to go under the desk and they're not going to know how to handle that. They're going to think it's oppositional. So for those of you with those kind of kids, it's a no brainer. I need to talk to the school. Of course I talk to the school. I talk to the school every year, <laughs> but I'm actually talking to more of the parents who have the subtle anxious kid or the kid who has OCD, but nobody knows about it. So you may not want to necessarily go and talk to the school administration about it, but I personally find it really helpful to talk to the teachers. So if I have a child that I feel like it's going, it could impact their learning or, you know, maybe if they have OCD, they're going to ask the teacher questions over and over again, or maybe they will actually confess to behaviors they didn't do. Or if I have a child with a panic attack, you know, maybe she's going to go really white and pale in the back of the room, or maybe she will run out of the room when she's feeling nervous. Or maybe if I have a kid with a metaphobia, she's going to feel nauseous all the time. And the teacher is going to think she's constantly sick. So whatever it is for you, I think it's good to give the teacher a heads up. So you can email them before school starts and just be like, Hey, you know, excited that my kid's in your class and here's some information about him. I just think that you should know this stuff. It probably won't impact school or learning, but I think it's better for you to know in the beginning before you get started. And that way, if you have any questions, like feel free to email me because I want to keep the communication and um, our line of communication open. And I want you to know from the get-go that if you see anything that's concerning or he looks anxious or he's kind of spacing out, please let me know so I can be proactive and catch it early. So an email like that, um, this year, I didn't really do that with my kids. Um, so my oldest who is 14, she, this is her first year in high school and she has everything under control. And so I didn't really need to do anything proactively for her. My son, Mr. Eight, um, he, I didn't say anything went on meet the teacher, um, before school started, but he doesn't really have anything that completely impacts his schooling, 
but his eating was a big problem. And sometimes when he's overly anxious, he also gets kind of agitated. So she sent home this, like, let me know your child worksheet. And so I took it upon me to, I asked him, and I think it's good to be respectful to your kids and ask them, you know, what, how much do you want me to tell your, your teachers and how can I help you succeed? And then if they don't want you to talk about it, you can let them know that it would be private. It would just be between me and the teacher. And this is why I think it would be a good idea because I want them to, I don't want them to misunderstand you. I want them to understand. And then I want you to feel comfortable to be able to go up to your teacher because your teacher knows what's happening. So I asked my Mr. Eight, Hey, do you want me to put some things down on here about some of your struggles? And he said, yes. And he even told me, Oh, don't forget to include this. (laughs) So I wrote it and I included it and I never heard back from her and that's okay. It's only been the third week of school and he is doing like phenomenal. And that's a different podcast episode because I'll talk about that some other time, but he is like symptom free right now. I don't know what's happening, but the universe is trying to be kind to me because people are crushing my souls everywhere else. (laughs) So anyway, I'll take it. But my point is, and I forgot what point I'm on. I think I'm on point four is talk to the school so that you introduce that open communication from the get go. Okay. Up next, I want to talk to you about what to do once school starts because it doesn't stop here. And that's where parents go wrong. So stay tuned. That's what's up next. This podcast is brought to you by Yumble. Are you ever so tired that you don't really feel like cooking? I honestly feel like that every day. And Yumble is a great solution because it is a subscription meal plan that's specially designed for kids. So meals can come delivered to your house and they are super healthy. They are filled with whole grains and superfoods and no added sugar, but it's also made in a really fun way. Chicken pops come on a stick and can be dunked. They have pizza cups and they even have activities like coloring sheets and mazes and collectible coins that you can redeem for prizes. My kids love that kind of stuff. So the cool thing is that Yumble is giving you a deal as a listener to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. If you go to yumblekids.com, that's yumble, Y-U-M-B-L-E, kids.com and enter the promo code parenting 30 that's parenting three zero. You will get 30% off your two week subscription. Pretty cool. You're listening to the AT parenting survival podcast for more parenting support. Check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Okay, welcome back. So once your child's in school, and let's say you got over the initial hump of like just getting them through the door, getting them out of the car, and things are going okay, and maybe things are not going okay. So if they're not going okay, it's obvious that you still need to work on it. (laughs) So don't wait for it to get worse. So if you're even hitting a minor bump, you want to get in there and you want to ask your child some key questions. Don't make assumptions. Don't get into mama or data mode where you're like, you know, you have to go to school and we're not doing this again this year. This isn't going to be happening because you're going to be going, you're going to go whether you like it or not. And that's not a choice. Okay. That might be true, (laughs) but coming at them in that way 
is not going to be conducive to a productive conversation. And so you want to empathize, you know, it's kind of like that CPS model that we talk about with Ross Green, like meet your child where they're at. So empathize, look, I know going to school is rough. First day, first week is super rough. I know that school, you have to go to school. Um, homeschool is not an option. I mean, if it, if it's not, <laughs> we're talking about kids who are actually going to school, like to a brick and mortar building. So I'm assuming that homeschool is not on the table in the beginning, at least. So you might say something like, you know, you're, you're going to have to go to school, but I don't want to see you struggle. I, I want to talk to you about how I can help you. So tell me what is the worst part about school right now? So your child might say everything. I just hate school. And then you can say, I know I totally get it. You hate school. But if you had to pick the worst part of your day, if I had some magic fairy dust and I can sprinkle it over this part of the day and this part of the day would just disappear, what part of the day am I sprinkling my magic fairy dust on? That will give you a window. So then maybe your kid says, well, sprinkle it on science because I don't like science. Okay. I just sprinkled it on science. So what was the worst part about science? Well, I just hate science. Now you're always going to get what I call a surface answer. And you want to dig deeper. So accept the surface answer, but dig deeper. Yep. Science does suck. <laughs> I, maybe I say the word suck too much, but it does. Right. So you don't, I like science, but obviously if I'm empathizing with the kid, I would say, yeah, science, science can be rough. What was the worst part of science? Well, I do like science. Oh, you do. Okay. Then what was the worst part about it? Well, my teacher, I just don't like him. Okay. So now we know we had a personality issue. What was the worst part about your science teacher? Well, he just calls on me. He calls on you. Yeah. He calls on me. Does he call on everybody else? He does. What's, what's bad about that? What's the hardest part about that? Now you saw how I corrected myself because when I said, what's bad about that, <laughs> it sounds accusatory. And so I quickly changed it. And this is sometimes when I'm speaking, I'll catch it. And then I'll be like, oh shoot, that sounded accusatory. You want to be as open as possible. So instead of saying what's bad about it, like I just did, you would want to say, what's the worst part about it? I know that's semantics and I have lots of podcasts on how to talk to your kids in a better way and how to get them to open up. And that's one of them is we want them to know that we're on their side and there's no accusation in our tone or in our language. So then your kid might say, well, he calls on you without you asking. Like he just randomly calls on people. So I'm anxious the entire time. Okay. So we went from school sucks science sucks to my teacher sucks to he calls on me without, without me asking. Now I have something that I can work with. So I can first email the teacher and say, Hey dude, can you like not call on my kid? Who's anxious without them volunteering because they have anxiety. I'm okay with doing that. I don't think that's accommodating, um, in a negative way. I think there are definitely things that we can do to help our kids succeed and feel comfortable in the school environment. And so I know I talk a lot about not over accommodating our kids, but I do feel like when it comes to school, if we can make it as comfortable and warm and fuzzy as possible without hand holding, like I'm not going to sit next to you in science and, you know, be your co-student and make sure that he doesn't call on you. That would be weird. <laughs> and your kid probably wouldn't like it. Well, maybe some of yours would, but no, we're not doing that. But if we could, um, if they are not in high school and even if they're in high school, I would say, I mean, once they get older, I would try to teach them how to advocate for themselves. Like, Hey, let's write an email to your teacher together. And so you can kind of handhold them into advocating. But when they're little, I have nothing. 
I, I have no issue with carving out some comfortable situations for your kids at school. Because the whole goal is just, we want to get them to school. We want them to succeed in school. So then I might email the teacher and say, Hey dude, (laughs) stop calling on my anxious kid. And then if he is obnoxious and it's like, sorry, but that's 30% of their participation grade. And that's how it's going to go. Then I'm like, okay. And then I'll talk to the school counselor if there is one or the administration and say, here's the deal. You know, I don't want to have to get a 504 plan because that's going to be quite pricey for you guys. I know that's not something that you always want to do because it takes time and money and effort. But as long as this guy could stop calling on my kid, you know, without her volunteering, then I don't feel like I have to fight for a 504 plan. But if you think I do, just let me know because I can get like an educational advocate and I can come here and we can make it formal. (laughs) that sounds very passive aggressive, but you have to fight for your kids. So then, you know, you say to your kid, Hey, you know, the the science teacher, he's not going to call on you anymore, but if he does, you just let me know because I'm here to help. So that's just an example. That's just, I walked you through an example and there can be a zillion types of issues like that, that you can resolve. And then all of a sudden you're not getting a call from the nurse right before science class that your child's stomach hurts because they don't want to go into science class. And they may not even be cognizant of the fact that it's science. You might even have to help them make that connection. Okay. So if your child is doing phenomenal, like my kids are right now, you still want to probe. And so, and you know, (laughs) a lot of times I say these things and then I think, wait a minute, have I done this myself? (laughs) And I don't even think I have. I'm into week three. I've just been living the high life because I'm like, oh my gosh, my kids are killing it. They're all happy. They're all wanting to go to school. I'm not hearing any issues. It's just been like, it's been crazy good, but you should still periodically check in with your kids. And so I will do this as well. Since I'm telling you to do it, I would say to your kids like, Hey, how's school going? What's your favorite part? So start off optimistic. What's your best part of the day? Oh, I love lunch. My favorite answers. Whenever I ask kids, what's your favorite part of the day? They'll say, Lunch and recess. I get that a lot, except for the socially anxious kids. And they don't say, they don't say lunch or recess. Those are like the worst parts of the day, which I could relate to being socially anxious. But you'd say to your kids, um, okay, that's, you know, so what's the best part of the day? And they might say lunch. I love it. Or recess is fun or PE. And then you would want to say, what's the worst part of your day? It's okay. You know, everything's okay. Yeah. But if you had to pick one part that was the worst, which would it be? And then you just want to, you want to get anything that you need to on your radar. So they might say, honestly, I love everything. Or they might say, you know, math, math is a little bit hard. Like I feel like I get lost in there. And then you can say, now don't, don't run quickly into solution mode or they'll be like, note to self, never tell mom or dad anything again, because every time I do, they have a zillion questions for me. So you want, you want to empathize and say, yeah, math can be really, really tricky. I remember feeling that way too. What's the hardest part for you? So I'm like validating it and I'm empathizing. And then I'm asking what's the hardest part for them. And then they might say, well, you know, she goes so fast and I'm falling behind. And so now that's on my radar because if I wait and it could be anything, maybe, um, I feel nauseous after lunch, everything's okay, but I do feel a little nauseous after lunch. So it could be any issue, but now I have that on my radar and I'm not going to solve it right away. So I'm not like, well, let me, let me email your teacher and tell her to slow down. Or how about you go into tutoring? Like, what are you doing to catch up? What are you doing to learn more? Don't be that parent, right? No, 
you're just starting school. You just recognized a small problem. You searched for the problem. Your child's not bringing it to you. So file it away during homework. Maybe you notice, let me just observe how they're doing in their homework. And so you're keeping an eye on it. If they get nauseous after lunch or they're nauseous before lunch, then file it away and ask questions at a different time. So it doesn't look like it's related. (laughs) That's my sneaky way. So maybe like two days later, you say like, Oh, um, how was lunch today? Good. How are you feeling right before? So you're like, you're, you're picking up on the conversation, but it doesn't seem like you're, you're grilling them. So periodic check-ins throughout the entire school year can be really helpful because a lot of kids will keep this stuff private. They will not want to talk about it. And the only time you're going to know there's an issue is when they are literally, well, not literally, but when they're on fire, when they don't want to go to school anymore, when you're getting some big school refusal because they have had an issue for quite a while and it grew and now they can't deal with it. And it's, it's too far gone for you to fix because there comes a time with school issues where the problem is too big to fix. And the child is in too much anger and too much anxiety to ever want to go back to school. And at that point, it's super, super hard. So catching these issues early is so important. And a lot of times as parents, we're just holding our breath. We're just being like, hey, let's not rock this boat. This boat is smooth sailing. So I am not going to rock the boat. And we want to have a dialogue. (laughs) I'm going to have a dialogue. I'm going to have a dialogue today after school that that's my homework assignment. So that's yours as well. So I hope that it goes smoothly for you guys that are just starting. I hope that this helped a little bit. I know none of it's rocket science, but sometimes just having a conversation about it and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't, I totally have to do that. Just as a reminder can be helpful. And for those of you that have already started, I hope that maybe I gave you some ideas on where to go with that. If you're enjoying my podcast, please don't forget to leave a star on iTunes or rate it wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're feeling like you have a little extra time, it would take 10 seconds. You can leave a review on iTunes and to show my gratitude, I always try to read one before I leave and there's never a name with them. So it always is a little awkward. So TMRB3 wrote, Episode 80 was exactly what I needed to hear today with school starting back, waiting on my kids timing and not being five steps ahead. So that's kind of funny because I'm hoping whoever you are out there, thank you for the review. This episode I hope can help as well, because I know a lot of people are wanting help with school right now. So I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do, and I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.